It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, we've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to dive right into it. Joined now by the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and our timing couldn't be better. We've got a big announcement to make as well, uh, Secretary Pompeo. But first, your thoughts on we had the G7, the NATO meeting with President Biden, and the Biden-Putin summit that played out yesterday. Well, David, thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, we are weaker now as a nation uh, from the perspective of the world. Frankly, I think the American people, as a result of what happened this past week, uh, President Biden, enormous gifts to Vladimir Putin in the form of a reentry into a, a nuclear agreement, reentry into a set of understandings around a pipeline that is a Russian pipeline that's going to let the Russian oligarch make a bunch of money. He showed up with a weak hand that he self-dealt. And then yesterday, you know, he refused to, to take questions from the uh, Russian press. Vladimir Putin took questions from the American press. This is not someone who's confident in an American leader. And unfortunately, Xi Jinping and the Ayatollah in Iran, Chairman Kim in North Korea, they, they all saw that too. And that's a perspective that I have not heard much coverage on. I'm glad you brought that up, that we need to look at the other world bodies and how they see this. Just the example of a a difference in the press conferences, you know, Biden with a controlled list to call on for 22 minutes, Putin wide ranging, calling on people for 55 minutes or so. The two men didn't come out side by side. You've been in these situations. There's a lot of work that goes into it ahead of time uh, with the, the various uh, secretaries of state in the past history, their counterparts, the teams that work on specific policy issues. And then the two world leaders or the world leaders typically come out side by side and take questions. But you get to see a little bit more of what may or may not have happened. How do you see that? Was that deliberate to protect Biden and did it play more into Putin's hands? David, I don't know exactly how it went down from a protocol perspective, but I think this is what the United States want. I think is what President Biden and his team wanted. You no, know, it, it suggests a fragility. It suggests the absence of a toughness, right, to stand six or eight feet apart from Pres, uh, President Putin. When he said that America is morally equivalent to Russia, when he talked about BLM and Uh, the divisions inside the United States. You needed a president of the United States standing there saying, no, 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 Vladimir, Mr. Mr. President, that's just wrong. And articulating to not only America, but to the world, why American leadership matters so awfully much. They know it. They want it. They don't want us going back, David, to the eight years of the Obama administration, right? President Biden talks about going back. Their method was to lead from behind. That's what they described it as. We put America first. And what you saw yesterday was an America that is more timid. And I promise you, those world leaders, uh, our friends in Southeast Asia, our friends in the Middle East, they, they saw that too. And it gives them less confidence to be American partners when there are tough things to be done around the world. My guest, former Secretary of State and former CIA Director uh, Mike Pompeo, you know, from an intelligence perspective, and a cyber perspective, we have a big challenge in this country. Cyber attacks are growing. Intelligence, whether it's human intelligence, signals intelligence, you know, various forms of it, uh, are shifting right now. 
How would you assess, if any, especially out of the NATO meeting and what we do know, uh, any address of the cyber issue, NATO cyber command, and the Biden administration's position? David, I didn't see much in the NATO summit where they talked about this other than to say that this is a, a known challenge. We've, we've known that for a long time. With respect to Russia, the place that many of these attacks are emanating from, you saw Vladimir Putin stand on stage and say, no, the, the primary perpetrators of cyber attacks around the world are America and Canada's number two. It fundamentally false, and yet no one responded to that. We also didn't see a president who was prepared to really think about this in a strategic way. He apparently laid out a list of 16 industries that if Vladimir Putin allowed an attack to take place against, he would respond. That's essentially, David, a target list, telling Vladimir Putin exactly what to go after. This is not how you protect American businesses and the American economy. It's not how you protect against what are actual attacks on the United States of America. We, we need to respond by imposing costs on those who do it, whether that's the North Koreans or the Chinese or the Russians or the Iranians. Where, wherever they emanate from, they have the responsibility to clean it up. They can do so, and they need to be uh, penalized. They need to be hurt if it doesn't, in fact, happen. You know, as you say that, it makes me think of what we've given up or allowed. Of course, it's not just about the Nord Stream pipeline, but it's that Russia, who's weak economically, now has control or more control of their energy, the energy valve, the shutoff valve to Europe. Uh, we did that before these uh, summits even began. And what about those nations that are close by that Eastern Bloc, the former Soviet Bloc, uh, Poland, Czechoslovakia, you've got the Crimea, the Ukraine. Uh, are they, should they be more worried than they were before these summits? Yes, and they are. And you don't have to take my word for it. If you look at the statements that came out from the government in Poland with respect to Nord Stream 2, they were they were angry at the substance, but they said the Biden administration didn't even call and tell them they were about to cave. This impacts the ordinary lives of people there, and, and frankly, it impacts Americans at home, too. It's not just the pipeline, David. Remember, President Biden has also made decisions that are going to shut in the American energy industry, our capacity to deliver these products around the world and make money and create jobs here at home. And now we're creating a situation where American energy independence will be challenged. There'll be fewer American workers making great money working in that industry, and the Russians will have the resources to continue to attack the United States, whether by cyber or other means. This is backwards. This is the antithesis of America first. I, I so regret it. it, is, it this isn't about politics. This is about the security of the American people. And today, there's more risk than there was just a week ago. You know, when I look at the signals being sent uh, by other nations, China flying 28 fighter jets over Taiwan, Russia conducting its largest naval exercise 300 plus miles off Hawaii, uh, what happened in the Middle East with Hamas, the Iranian proxy, uh, all of these link into this. I see them as signals. Our, our Ronald Reagan carrier strike group entering the South China Sea. Uh, there were signals being sent, and I didn't see adjustments uh, by the Biden administration going into these meetings. Nothing that we know of publicly uh, was done to address these issues. One of the things that I've observed these first 130 or 40 days or whatever we have is that the, the world has changed 
since President Obama was president. We made material strides in the Middle East. We confronted China. And, and they're going back to the same policies. They, 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 they didn't fit then, but they fit even even less now. And yet, to your point about adjustments, they're not making the adjustments for the reality, the way the world really is. They're, they're going back to a deal with Iran. They are going to uh, appease the Chinese Communist Party by continuing to engage economically. These are the policies they had for those eight years, and, and the world has changed a lot. And they just they haven't stepped up. They haven't recognized this reality, and I hope they do. The, the American people must demand that they do. Let's uh, move to your big announcement, uh, Mr. Former Cavalry Officer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the launch of CAVPAC, championing American values, honoring that uh, Army Cavalry riding first into battle and uh, to fight back against this onslaught of ideological attacks, socialist ideology against America. Uh, make your announcement right here. Thanks, David, for the chance to do that. Yeah, I've created CAFPAC. It's a, it's a nod to my time as a young cavalry officer a few years back uh, where we were the first to sound the alarm. That's what scouts and cavalry guys do, so it's a little bit of fun there. It also stands for CAV, is for Championing American Values, which is the mission set. We're going to go find people who are fearless, who will say, I'm going to run for city council. I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to go to my PTA meeting. I'm going to go deliver good outcomes that – push back against this craziness of teaching racism in our schools, push back against the idea that we were founded on a set of racist principles, uh, all, all the things that we can see that are happening that ordinary Americans all across the country can say, that's just not right for me and for my family. I want to go to church and practice my faith. I want my kids to grow up in a place that is safe without crime. Those are things that matter an awful lot to people all across America. And CAFPAC is going to go champion those people who are prepared to fearlessly, even in the attacks that they will suffer from the mainstream media, to fearlessly go advocate for those things. And then we're going to win a bunch of elections that will really make a difference for the lives of people all across America. The website for all of you is CAVPAC.com, championing American values. Champion those values is important. I like your point about going local. Uh, we we need to organize. Hundreds of millions of Americans are concerned about what's going on. Those that may not even fall on the, quote, Republican side of the aisle. And we need to engage them, don't we? David, there's a lot of space here for people who have been Democrats or independents or frankly just haven't been involved in the things that make our lives better. You know, we talk about government as this big morass, but boy, when you go to a county commission meeting or a city council meeting, you can see how this impacts your way of life, what your cities and your streets look like, how much crime there is in your neighborhood. All of these things, whether we're going to provide the resources to police that they so desperately need, these things matter an awful lot. And so your point is well taken. There is a big group of people who will understand that these are quintessentially American values. And I hope they'll join CAPAC, become part of this effort so that we can lead what will be successful elections in November 22, and we can take back big swaths of our schools and universities in ways that are consistent with the history of this great nation. Riding into battle in a different uh, sphere for you. Uh, congratulations. I know you've always done the work. You haven't been uh, afraid to step into the battle at any time in any of your past positions, and I look forward to watching you grow this new pack. Uh, CAV pack, Thank Champion American Values, 
by Mike Pompeo, uh, who will have to champion many issues on this show in due time. We'll talk again. Bless you, David. (laughs) Thank you, sir. And uh, again, the website for you out there, Champion American Values. Uh, what what appropriate timing. We had planned to talk about CAVPAC and the efforts there to get local. Again, get, get involved, get local. W- one thing I'm more than happy to hear, uh, and I've been in numerous meetings, uh, various conversations face-to-face uh, with people that have come out of uh, the prior administration, uh, policy people, people who are thinking bigger, not just about complaining about the media or something, but how you actually take action. This is another example. As I've said before, and you'll continue to hear from these various individuals in these efforts, uh, you've got the America First Policy Institute. That's out there. A lot of the policy folks, they'll be on this show. You've got the efforts to change election and clean up the election system at the state level, being led by Hogan Gidley. More on that to come. You've got CAVPAC. We've got to step out in front. You know, as uh, the secretary said, there was a lot of room here for you to get involved. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.